When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability Educational Shorts. As of late, I've been kind of on an urban planning kick. It's the summertime, and around here in Duran, we're always looking for new ways to change the town to be a little better for each person. And it kind of gets me motivated. I, I really do enjoy the riddle of making a city better for people. So with that being said, this week I want to talk about both mobility and accessibility. Those are two completely different things. When you look at the structure of a town or a city, what you see is the thought process of what it took for that city to get where they wanted to go. I know, it's a little confusing. But what I, what I mean is, is that city designed for people walking? Is it designed for people riding bikes? Or is it purely designed around vehicles? Most towns and cities in the United States, yeah, they're pretty much car-centric. Everything is designed around driving. That's starting to change. And that's where I like to focus. Because if we design towns and cities based on people, it changes quite a bit. But it does a lot of wonderful things. If you create a structure around your citizens, it creates value. It makes your city, it makes your homes, it makes your businesses all more valuable. Because they cater to the person. Think about it. When you shop for houses or will shop for a house, do you look at the neighborhood? Of course you do. If it is homey and comfortable, you're more likely to want that home than if it was dark, dingy, dirty, there's garbage flying around, or cars are blowing by at high speeds. There's a level of comfort that goes along with it, and that comfort kind of makes the house a little more valuable to you. So when looking at this, we look at both mobility and accessibility. Mobility is how far you can go over a period of time. With cars, that's a long ways. But if you design your city to not need a car, it's a little different. Accessibility is how much you can get in that, that same amount of time, how many different places you can visit in that same amount of time. So when we talk about things like mobility, I don't want to talk about cars. What I want to talk about is different modes of mobility because vehicle transportation is only a certain segment of society. Some of that could be walking, biking, scooters, e-bikes, even mass transit. This is how you get from one place to another. Mobility, how far you can go over a period of time. The goal is to give people things they can get to. What I'm focused on, on giving those other people, the ones who don't have the car, giving them the same mobility as those who do. Here in Duran, we have a building called the Sycamore House. This is a place where individuals who live there generally have limited mobility. They are a bit older, they have more trouble moving, and our city isn't necessarily designed to help them get from point A to point B. Most of the goods are delivered or family picks them up and they use their car to go somewhere. But if our town catered to individuals, adding benches, additional shade, water refill stations, pedestrian refuge for attempting to cross the roads, or just flat sidewalks, then those individuals those individuals then have more mobility. They can get from that facility to the downtown area because all the things they need to rest and recover and continue 
are along the route. We've expanded their mobility just from the infrastructure around. And I think that's more of the goal. For years and years and years, everybody says, eh, mobility is no longer a need because of the car. It's not true. I think we have to cater to other forms of mobility or other forms of movement to create mobility. Now, as for accessibility, that is why you're seeing some densifying of towns, adding the apartments above the commercial locations, zoning to where you don't put two of the same kind of buildings right next to each other, but a variety in clusters so that people can go to one area and experience everything they need. And it's usually a pretty decently short trip and or a great infrastructure from their home to that cluster. You want to create destinations, and those destinations cannot be 10 miles away. That needs to be simple to travel to, easy to get there, and you can do it without motor transportation, unless we're talking about taking the bus or any other public transportation. This is why accessibility is just as important as mobility, possibly more important, because the better you zone, the more you densify and create this place people want to be, more people will be there. Not just because the ones with cars will drive there, but all those others, all those other people who are ordering online because they can't walk uptown. Well, they're, they now have a whole new world of things they can access. You've created accessibility for them. That's why zoning in clusters is so darn important. Give someone several restaurants, a place to get their insurance, a place to shop for groceries, all the things that they generally need in one space. These are just some of the ways that we make our cities better, make our towns better, especially towns, because as they grow, they have the they have the opportunity to build that infrastructure right from the very beginning. And as they get bigger and better, they stay homey and comfortable. We don't necessarily need cars to create mobility or accessibility. We just need better design, sustainable design. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you liked this episode. If you did, please share it with a friend or on social media. Other ways you can support realistic sustainability is by just simply leaving us a five-star review. If you'd like to do it through a monetary fashion, you can go to greenyourlife.org forward slash podcast, where you can donate one, five, or even $10 a month to help the show. Nick and I always appreciate everybody who do that for us. You can also Follow us on all the other social media aspects. Nick and I both have Facebook and TikTok and all that fun stuff. So follow us. Follow this podcast. I, don't, I think you'd find it amazing how important it is for you to click that button for us. Thank you so much. And remember, we only get together each week just to get a little bit better. A little bit, a little bit, big bit. Thank you again so much for listening. And I'll see you next week. Hi, this is Mike, co-host of Realistic Sustainability, the podcast, which you probably already know, but I'm also the author of A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life. That was the book that led to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, and, well, even this show. It offers tips on promoting your positive footprint while decreasing your carbon footprint. So, if you want to read what started all of this, get A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life, available on Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or just visit greeningyourlife.org for more information. Thank you for joining the sustainable movement and promoting a greener future.